your host, Arena Antoine, and I mean, welcome back to Self Love Lounge. This is a place that stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion in our pursuit of self-love. Self-Love Lounge is a place to learn about, hold space for, and embrace ourselves deeply. Each episode will bring warmth to being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So let's uncondition our minds together to find love within and forever lead with it. So before we get into it, grab a hot or cold beverage and let's go. Welcome back to Self-Love Lounge. Really interested in like movies and the production of it, which is like really different because usually we're all like working and we're watching what's available. But now I'm like, who's the director or like, who's the team behind this project? And we're asking questions of like, who are the people that are creating such amazing content? And sometimes they're not shown or they might be shown. And sometimes we kind of erase it because we don't really think about how is this production made? And so I always like to give the space to the guests to introduce themselves because I feel like it's best when the guest has that space first. And so please introduce yourself to us. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, Um, my name is Anna Kemp. I am originally from Denver, Colorado, but I am a New York based producer and screenwriter. And I also write sketch comedy, but for my day job, I am a development executive at Hallmark Channel. So I make rom-coms for a living, which is the greatest gig ever. At Hallmark, we're known for our Christmas movies. We make movies year round though. So we make about 80 to 90 original movies a year. It's a fantastic brand. And I I just love making feel good content, especially a lot of media is so dark. Yeah. The first question I really want to know into your journey with all of this, which is like super cool, by the way, in the film industry, it's very competitive. And I think like in all industries, it's very competitive, especially as women. And so take us back to the very start of your journey. How were you able to navigate film school? That's a great question. And it's been a long journey, but always wanted to work in entertainment. So I started out as a performer. I was actually supposed to go to college to study opera, but Um, My passion sort of shifted towards film. I taught myself to edit when I was very young, always put on movies and theatrical events with my siblings, but that was just something that I always loved. So that's why I wanted to pursue it. Uh, I went to Colorado Film School, which at the time it was a top 20 film school in the country. Um, I was probably... Yes, yes. And I was probably one out of five girls in the entire school. Okay. Oh, if that tells you anything. Um, (laughs) And most of the girls were actually either actresses or script supervisors, but I wanted to study screenwriting and directing. So that was my emphasis there. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was very challenging. Film school it has a lot of clicks mm-hmm. and those clicks, they only crew on each other's projects. Right. So it was really a challenge to find a team of students who worked well with you and were actually dedicated to, to learning the craft. Yeah. Um, top of that, obviously there's difficulty as a woman directing mm-hmm. and working with men because you're ordering men around on set. So there's definitely a lack of respect there that I had to deal with. I remember one story in particular that I'll just never forget. I I failed my lighting class um, mm-hmm. because I actually didn't have the opportunity to light. The teacher was like straight from Hollywood. This this older white man, he was definitely a bit sexist, but he would make me model every single class while the men around me got to light me. Right. So I didn't learn anything in the class. And that was one thing that was really difficult, but how to navigate it 
is it's important to have a thick skin and a Mm -hmm. strong vision. You know, obviously in life, you're going to be putting up with difficult personalities wherever you go, but people are inspired by passionate people. And, you know, I was lucky that our film school was more production-based rather than theory-based. So I did get a lot of practice on set in every position. Mm -hmm. Um, But the films that I directed, I had a strong vision for them, held onto those ideas. About this this industry, you're going to feel like you have no idea what you're doing sometimes and that you do. Uh, everyone experiences imposter syndrome and you have to put yourself out there. Right. Wow. I think that's like really scary, but also like empowering. Cause I think you said something really important about passion and like finding that. And I think it doesn't have to be like this big gesture of like, I want to change the world. I could just really be about like, I really want to create something because I believe in, I believe in myself. And so how are you able to find grounds for yourself in this environment? It was a long journey and I'm, I'm it's still something that I'm going through and I'm learning and I, I can talk it to my journey as an introvert, because that was something that was another layer of difficulty for me. Not only was I a female in the business, but I'm also like an introvert where it's not as natural for me to speak up. So I think just practicing, you have to practice how to stand by um, what you believe, your creative ideas, because I think I was so scared, especially when I was younger, I was afraid of being wrong. Mm -hmm. And in this business, there really is no wrong there's creative differences. I do something one way and then another producer director might want to do something the other way. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. Somebody has a different opinion. That's like really important too, because when you're waiting around for people to finally be like, yes, like we can take your ideas. That's when you kind of slow the process. But when you're like, this is what I feel strongly about, no matter if somebody's saying yes or no, like I'm still going to do this. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I think that's what the passion is. And that's what it looks like. I also want to touch on like looking for the right job. I feel like I'm struggling now because I'm like finally graduating and it's like, oh my God, like where am I going to go next? Or like, I have this passion and all these ideas, but I'm like, okay, I need to like find the one. And so what did you look for when you were going into the job market? I I love this question uh, because this was my biggest frustration after film school was Mm -hmm. now what, right? Like everybody asked that question. And especially when it's such a competitive industry and no one tells you how to do it. Mm-hmm. So yes. I, I listened to a lot of panels. I spoke with a lot of people and it was always, well, you know, I graduated and then one thing led to another and I worked for Disney and I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, like what was the journey? And I think obviously everybody has a different story of how they broke into the industry. Yeah, Mine was very obscure, very bizarre, but I definitely Mm -hmm. want to share that story. It was a mixture of luck, timing, and hard work. After film school, because I studied screenwriting and directing, I think what was hard for me as a screenwriter was I had lived in my town my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't experience different types of people or different cultures. So it was really difficult for me to come up with these characters. So I actually moved to China and lived there for a year teaching English. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was just a fantastic experience just to get to know different types of people. And Mm -hmm. then I went back home to Denver and I tried to get a job. I probably sent hundreds of resumes uh, to production companies, but there was really not a lot of choice in, Mm -hmm. in Denver. But my very first job in entertainment, I was an associate producer for a televangelist which that's a whole other story. (laughs) I think 
it made me realize what I wanted to do because I was more attracted to narrative storytelling mm-hmm. for sure. So I tried to move out to LA. It didn't work out. I didn't have a lot of contacts or, or friends out there in the industry. It felt impossible. I moved back to China, directed a musical. For some reason, I had this feeling that New York was yeah. where I needed to had experience in theater and television. And of course, New York, you know, you have Broadway, but I saved money and I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Let's go to New York. And I had enough money for two months and I hustled harder than I ever have in my entire life and made myself sick doing it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get anywhere. And I was just sitting there and I'm like, all right, I have a month left Mm -hmm. uh, before I have to go home. And I didn't want to go home. I felt, I still felt like that's where I needed to be. And I was like, okay, I have to get a job. So like, how do people get these jobs? And I was thinking about in the movies when people go to temp agencies, well, I could see if I could get a temp job. So I actually went to about five or six temp agencies in Manhattan and I got placed at a law firm for a couple of weeks. And while I was there, I got a notification from the temp agency that they were looking for an executive assistant to the CEO of Hallmark Channel. Oh, wow. And I I had a lot of admin experience. I worked front desk and Mm -hmm. was an assistant for a while throughout college. So I had experience in it, but I had to start over. Mm -hmm. One thing that I tell people is like, obviously, like I had experience producing and and directing, but because I didn't have any contacts out there, I had to start over. I got the job and um, I assisted the CEO and he kind of, he was wonderful and he was just a great mentor to me. He would watch every single movie. He was insane. Like he's so busy, but he watched every single movie that we made over 90 movies a year. He would have me give notes on the scripts and on the movies. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me one day and he said, why do you know how to do this? And I was like, well, I studied it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like he's like, okay, well, let's start talking about getting you into the programming and development Mm -hmm. department. It took me less than a year to be promoted to a development executive. So that that was that. But like a mentor, I think like that's like one of the most important thing you can try to find in an industry that you really want. Um, And especially as women, I think like companies don't kind of provide mentorship. I think now they're definitely like looking into it and they're like, okay, how do we like try to build a program on mentorship for people that are really wanting to move up in a company. And if there's no mentorship, it's kind of hard for that because there's like those roadblocks that come into play. And I love your story, by the way, I was just having chills just listening to this um, because I can feel the hustling. And I mean, like just moving into a different town that or city, not even town city. It's so scary because you're like living in the unknown and you're like, okay, I have no idea where this is going to go. But it sounds like you were trusting that no matter where you're going, you're still going to have your back. And I think that it's like so important as women is to find that belief of like, I'm going to be okay no matter what. Even if I have like $2 in my bank account, I know that I'm going to find a way to survive and thrive in this like need for um, grounds. I think like that's the most important thing. And when I walk into a meeting and I know that I'm not welcome, I try to find a wide space that I can feel grounded in my surroundings and also kind of find my reason why. And so I'm actually curious to know this, but what was your your why when you stepped into this industry? You know, I feel like some people are just lucky and have a calling, a passion for their lives. And I know a lot of yeah. people that that don't and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think I do this because I have to do it. Throughout school, the first thing they'll tell you is if you like anything else mm-hmm. whatsoever, yeah. do that other thing. 
and I don't. (laughs) So I feel like I have to do this because I love, I want to tell stories. I want to change the world in that way. Cause I really do feel like you can. I know like lots of people who don't like movies are like, well, it's just a waste of time, but it's not. One of the most beautiful thing about characters is like how you resonate with them completely. And you literally fall in love with them at some point. And even when you hate them, there's still like some kind of love within that. And you're like, why do you hate them? Like, how does this reflect into my life? You know? Um, And so you're absolutely right. Like you can change the world by the narratives that we promote, whether it's in movies or television or podcasts or whatever it is. Like, I think that it's part of this change. Um, And so like just diving into my next question and kind of ties to what we're talking about, but as a network executive, like how does diversity, equity, and inclusion show up with and for you? Yeah. So that's something that really is at the forefront. That's our focus at Hallmark going forward. I I wanted to touch on this because I think people have a perception of our brand where fair enough, they think the big city girl goes back to the small town, you know, falls in love with the lumberjack and they (laughs) have a B and B together to white people, you know, and it's something that we've been working really hard the last couple of years to change Mm -hmm. and and not only change on screen, but behind the camera as well, you know? So we are dedicated and we're all really passionate about going deeper and, and telling these stories and bringing in a younger audience and just, Mm -hmm. and celebrating different cultures as well. A lot of people are surprised when I tell them that we have Hanukkah movies. Last year, I worked on a movie called Boyfriends of Christmas Past that it was a Korean American woman. Our first movie that had a gay couple was in 2020 and that was Mm -hmm. the Christmas house and we were nominated for a GLAAD award. So, you know, we like to show different types of relationships as well. And and not just like, of course we love our Mm rom-coms, but you know, we like to explore also like what does friendship look like and what does a sisterhood look like and what does the parent-child relationship look like? So it's going to take time, obviously, but Mm -hmm. we recognize the change and I'm just Mm -hmm. so incredibly proud of what we're trying to do going forward. Yeah, I think that's so important. I definitely now noticing so many companies that are really taking this DEI work and actually applying it to their companies in ways that we haven't seen before. And also just like representation on television, like it makes such an impact. My first TV show that I absolutely fell in love with, and I say this all the time, but it's Insecure by Issa Rae, um, who's directing it. And I don't know, but I just felt so I could feel the behind the scene just watching the show. And I think like that's one of the most important thing. And, and so I'm actually curious, but like, like what's your favorite movie right now? Like what's your favorite TV show? And for listeners listening, like how do you know it's like a good show? <laughs> how much time do you have? No, like I, I've obviously been a real like television lover. Like I think everyone says, this, but The Office is honestly like yeah. my favorite TV show of all time. I love Lost and and Frasier. I think like yeah. the character development in those shows are just next level. Of course, I love I love really tragic rom coms. You know, mm, like, I, I love, love tragic <laughs> movies, which is weird. There's just something about it, which is something that we don't really get to do that yeah. much in Hallmark because, like, at the end of the day, even if we're telling deeper stories, people mm. want a good ending. Like that's yeah. what they go to Hallmark for. That it's an escape. Yeah. You know, so. I I guess that's why I gravitate towards, you know, more tragic stories. Mm -hmm. I think of like 500 Days of Summer or Mm -hmm. La La Land, which, you know, broke my heart. Like the perfect ending, you know. I also look at the shows and movies that I've watched and I really love female directors, not to say male directors aren't great because they've done such amazing production. But like when there's a female director, I just feel it. But I have like one last question to ask you before we go into our wrap up, but... 
I guess I'm curious when you're walking into like a, a room full of people and you may not feel welcome initially. What is your advice for women that are walking into rooms that may not feel welcomed initially? Unfortunately, I've worked in environments, I, even with female bosses, where the mm-hmm. men are still given credit for my ideas and just right. given more responsibilities. And, you know, like I said, it's an added layer that I'm an introvert. For those of you who are, you know that you dwell on your interactions, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll have meetings and I just think about what I said or what I should have said mm-hmm. for days, you know, Jeez. and I think just realize what, yeah. what you say. Standing up for yourself mm-hmm. is really important and knowing when to walk away from a boss or a work situation that isn't serving you. One book that really helped me in the workplace was Feminist Fight Club by Jessica mm-hmm. Bennett. It's just like a great resource for you to learn how to navigate like different types of sexism in the workplace and how to right. identify it. And just know Knowing that like, look, there's always going to be people rooting for you to fail. Mm -hmm. I've come around to this idea of like, we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. Knowing your weakness and making it your strength is Mm -hmm. really important. Because for me, like I'd I'd walk into the room and just be like, I know like being an introvert is is my weakness, but it's not, you Mm -hmm. know, it just means like it's where you get your energy. And also it just means that you think deeper and you're a good listener and you don't just talk to talk. So I think just walking into the room knowing that you have a voice and that you add value. Some people will say like, oh, well, like Arena is definitely an extrovert. But anybody that really knows me knows that I'm such an introvert and I'm a really great listener. Exactly how you said it. Like, I don't just talk to talk. I think I really want to listen, test out where we're at in this room, where we're going before I speak. Very intentional. I think when your heart starts beating really fast, and you're about to communicate and you're about to stand up for yourself means like you might be an introvert, but just know this pounding right now is the right thing for you to do. And don't doubt yourself because that indication just means like you're starting to do something new that you've never done before and you're gonna be all growing from there. Um, and so that's what I always like remind myself when I'm like, I am an introvert, but it's fine. It's it's actually really beautiful to be an introvert. It is. You, I mean, you see the world in a, in a different way. Yes, your thoughts get jumbled before you speak. <laughs> yeah. You just have to know that about yourself. Yeah. And so like also preparation is, mm-hmm. is huge for me, like going into... Yeah all the meetings that I have at work, I need to prepare just so I'm like focused on what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not like real good at like, just jumping into something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, just knowing that about yourself. But yeah. yeah, there's nothing, nothing wrong with being an introvert. Yeah. And I guess like, how do you identify if you're an introvert or extrovert? Because I know like you've said something before where it's like sometimes you have to step into the extrovert, even though you're not, um, especially yeah. with, the, with the role that you have. And so how do you like balance both? And like, how do you jump into different ones? Well, no, that's a good question because I think a lot of people think introvert and they think shy, but that's Mm -hmm. not really what an introvert is. It's Mm -hmm. just where you get your energy. So introverts kind of get their energy from being alone and on their own and just sort of having those like thoughts and deeper Mm -hmm. thinking and, you know, extroverts get energy from other people. Obviously there are situations where you need to be an extrovert and you need Mm -hmm. to be a little bit more assertive and that takes practice. And like, that'll, that'll be my entire life though. Like sometimes a lot of people do not think I'm an introvert. I am, but I have a lot of practice being an extrovert. It gets easier, but you will always kind of have those feelings at first. Yeah. I don't want to talk or I don't want to go there, but it's, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that, that makes complete sense because I could definitely resonate with that to the core as an introvert, but sometimes I have to literally just be like, Arena, you have to be an extrovert for like a little bit. Just like fake it till we make it. <laughs> you can go home and be by yourself and watch TV and eat yeah. like you want to be. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then last question, um, which I love this question because I'm always like really curious to know, but if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? So many things, but I think the main thing would be um, to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So like trying to, we talked a lot about breaking into the industry. I was very focused on the idea of making it, but honestly, there's no such thing as making it. I think success is defined differently to everyone. Even even if you're a successful filmmaker or screenwriter and you make it into a festival or you win awards or you get Mm -hmm. an Oscar, you're still looking for the next opportunity. Yeah. So you're going to receive no's. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in a panel with um, the showrunner of You on Netflix, Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Gamble. And to me, she's like, well, she's a showrunner. You know, Mm -hmm. she's very successful, has this hit show. And she was talking about how how much she still gets rejection and Mm -hmm. how many no's she still gets. And I'm like, well, she's to that level. Yeah. So it's just it's just something yeah. that's part of the industry, but the journey to get to where you're going is so so mm-hmm. important. So yeah, just just enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder because I feel like I'm literally at this stage right now where I'm like, okay, like Arena, you have to enjoy this exact moment because you're never going to be here again. You know, the struggle that you're crying about, it's actually it should be embraced because in the future, you might not experience this again. You know, it's an emotion that shouldn't be ignored. And it's this emotion of like anxiety over what's to come. Or like when you reach that level of success, you're like, okay, okay, like what am I going to do next? And you're still getting no's. And so I think it's important to just look at everyone, understand that they're just like you and they're just trying to figure it out just like you. So that's really important. And I love that. Just like embracing that journey. And I guess like to wrap this up, where can listeners find you? And do you have any current projects that you're working on that you want to let us know about so we can check it out. Yeah, well, we're working on uh, 40 original Christmas movies at the moment. I'm, I'm on crazy. the holiday team at Hallmark. One thing that maybe not a lot of people know is actually we have a streaming app as well called Hallmark mm-hmm. Movies Now. So you can you can download that. But to find me personally, um, I'm an Instagram girl. I, <laughs> I love that platform. It's my yeah. absolute favorite, but you can just find me at Anna Camp. It's just my name. So yeah. if you want to talk movies or TV, I, I'm there to there to chat yeah oh awesome well thank you so much for coming on and sharing this empowering conversation with me I think I'm definitely going to reflect on each message that you delivered today thank you this has been a great chat